the short version. <laughs> <laughs> cut it off. I cut it right off. And yeah, it's of so course, great. That, of course, Queensryche from um, Operation Live Crime. That is, uh, I believe, unless I'm wrong, which wouldn't be the first time, I believe <laughs> that's the bonus track that came in like the reissue, because that's not from the live crime set. That's from a yes, different show from Wisconsin, is it not? No, Wisconsin is the is main Is Wisconsin the live yeah, one? Yeah, that's that's the, the main, main one. one. Yeah. Yeah. But that isn't it that was the Empire Tour. But no. they did Mind Crime. They did Mind Crime. They went out and did Mind Crime, but Empire was out because Empire came out in ninety. I would Yeah, and that's Empire 91. was ninety and Yeah, and Maybe they recorded it in '88. Who knows? But I mean, whatever it was, it was it was awesome. I remember buying the the Mind Crime box, the box, yeah, with the cassettes. And I, you know, I had it with the cassettes. It was what two or three cassettes, yeah. and guys, that was such a badass live record, man. It, it was so good. And they were, you know, we we were just talking about it a minute ago. They were so untouchable live at that point. They were just so fucking good, man. And I I, I loved I loved them at that point, man. It was so. They they were just untouchable. Every every element of that band was perfection at that time. Well, they for, they had that three album run. I mean, you could even make it four if you're if you're into Rage for Order. Yeah, I mean, it was Rage for Order, then then uh, Mind Crime, and then Empire, and then and Promised, Promised Land, Land. Which I mean, a lot of, I don't know a lot of people get into, but I know you and I love that record. Uh-huh. And so it's like, I mean, for us at least, just those three. Yeah. I mean, when you go like you know Mind Crime Empire. Promised Land. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. What, what's amazing to me is that you like Promised Land because you're not you're not usually fan of weirdo music, and Promised Land was definitely Queensrÿche going off into Promised Land. While while it is to me, it's it's damn near perfection. Yeah. Was the start of the decline. Oh yeah. It was definitely where Tate was like, well, I can do some different shit here. Yeah. And nobody's going to stop me anymore, so I'm yeah. gonna. I'm going to really bring because then they did what? Here in the Now Frontier was next? That was the next one, which was absolute trash. Fucking garbage. That was when they said, well, we're not going to write long songs anymore. We're, we're an alternative band. Yeah, now. we're going to write we're gonna write three-minute epics like Sign of the Times. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. I, yeah. I, do, do you remember hearing that, that for the first time? I heard on MMS. Yeah. And I think I was actually working at MMS, and, and it was one of those that got pitched to us, and Matt, I'm sorry, the Warlock. The Warlock yeah. was a big um <laughs> right. he was a big Queensryche fan too. So we um I remember playing it and and he was like, dude, we got new Queensryche. And I remember him calling me during the week and saying, Yeah, we're gonna play new Queensryche on the show. <laughs> and I was all pumped uh. up. I was like I was like, God damn, this is like a premiere for us. The station was giving us the premiere. Yeah. Of sign of the times, and look what they and look what they stuck and, you with, and we and we milked it for everything that it was worth. We kept teasing it, but then we didn't play it until uh, at that point the metal show I think was from nine to eleven, so we didn't play it till ten forty five. We kept saying we were going to play it, and then we'd uh-huh. come out and play something different. Yep. and we we were doing like a. Um, we we played a lot of Queensryche, but we kept saying, "Well, we're gonna play. We're gonna come back with some Queensryche, and we'll be back with the. And we're gonna play the new Queensryche tonight." Now we would come back and we would play, you know, Surgical Strikers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we'd play something, and everybody was something call- wacky, and somebody would call in, and they'd be like, "Fuck you guys! Play the new song! Play the new song!" So then we played the new song finally at at ten forty five, 
And I remember looking at Matt, and Matt knew it. Matt knew what was coming. He had already heard the song. I was going to ask if you had heard it. I had not heard it. Matt, Matt had heard it. And he never went back to the mics because he knew I was going to trash it. And, and <laughs> uh, Queensryche was, you know, by giving us the premiere and everything, it would have just sunk the show. And Matt knew it. Yeah. Matt knew that if I, he knew that we got the premiere from the station, and that was a big deal. Queensryche was a big deal at the time. Yeah. So getting the premiere and the label was on board to promote it with the station, if the DJ on the show would have come back and said, man, what a load of shit, <laughs> it could have cost him a bunch of money. So Matt, Matt just, you know, I mean, he obviously saw and he yeah. heard me, he heard me while the mics were off going, Man, what a bag of shit this is! <laughs> you, know, you know, so then he just played like songs all the way till the end of the show, and then he was just like, "Oops, we ran out of time." And, and it was weird because I mean, you remember the metal show? We always did an out. Oh yeah, we always did. Okay, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. We always did an out. It's one of the maybe two times we did not do an out <laughs> because Matt was was worried that I was going to fuck us by saying something about this awful song. Yeah, they, boy, did they hit the wall with that, dude. Oh, so bad. Yeah. I mean, I I think the the reason I like Promised Land is like, ironically, it, it's kind of like a whole album of Della Brown's, right? And Della Brown is one of my favorite songs off of the off the Empire record, right? So, yeah, I'm, you I'm, know, I I I loved it. It was. And honestly, I was kind of surprised that I liked it too, because when it first came out, I remember watching Headbangers Ball when they had that that listening party for fans in that airplane mm-hmm. hangar. Yeah, and I they played I Am I. I'm like, this is crappy. Yeah, that's not on this record. That's on um, on Promised Land. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm, I'm pro- I thought you were saying here in the now. No, 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 no. Yeah, but I was like, oh, I don't like this. This is not. You know, but then you know, so I never really listened to it, and then later on, yeah. you know, I got into I, when I I was like, I got to listen to this. I was like, oh, I actually I actually like this. Yeah, you know, so but um, yeah, I mean, here in the now was just bad. Yeah, it has a- it has like two good songs on it. Well, one that I can think of isn't you. Is that is that I w- I wouldn't be able to tell you. I, For I, you, let me look. I hated it. Let me see. Let me see if this is the one I'm thinking of. I it's, like I say that's. Yeah, this is a good tune. You don't know this song? I don't like this one. Go to the chorus. I just want you to hear the chorus because the chorus is so cheesy. I mean, 
I mean, the chorus is okay, but that's just not Queensryche. It's, it's cheesy. I mean, it, it's it's just not. Well, all the songs were short. That's what I remember most about the album. Like all but I think one song is like four minutes or less, which that doesn't work for Queensryche. They're you know they made their bones being a progressive metal band. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're doing radio hits. Yeah. You know, Sign of the Times was god awful. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, look look at the show that I was just at two nights ago. Yeah. It was Rage for Order and Empire. It wasn't fucking Q2K <laughs> and, and like here in the now frontier. You don't like any Q2K? You know? No, there I think the the very last song on the record is the one I, I seem to remember that one I kind of felt like, okay, that sounds like that sounds like a Queensryche tune. You don't like falling down? No. This one? I like this one. <laughs> Trash can drums. Come on. You don't like that? That's just not... No? That's not Queensryche, man. What about Tribe? Anything? No. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> what was the song on Tribe? Was it Desert Dance? That was the main one, wasn't it? I think. Let's see. Ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Queensryche box. Uh, it's like candle box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just... It- Come on, it's good. No. That's close. Close, but still not good. DeGarmo wrote that song. I don't care. It's not. (laughs) Dude, it's like, did you hear, they have that greatest hits record? Yeah. And they they had they got back with Chris DeGarmo to write a yeah, song for it. And that it. song was shit. Oh my god, I was so disappointed. Yeah, what was that song called? I was like I was all excited. I was like, "Oh, maybe it's like an old school Queensryche song." No, it was awful. Yeah, what was that song called? All these weird chords. I'm like, "What is that?" Yeah, it's like Stick to Flying Planes, dude. Yeah, what was that song called? I don't it. even remember it. Um yeah, I don't see it. Wow, it's not even on here. All, all I get is a single one of it. Ugh. Yeah, I don't remember it. I don't remember what it was called. It was not good, though. No, it was, I mean, because when you hear, oh, they wrote a song with Chris DeGarmo, you're like, you're expecting something, you know, like classic, and it yeah. was not. You were expecting, here's the comeback. Yeah. He's getting back in the band. Nope. It's like, nope. what did he just like throw him a, like, here, I got a riff. He got in a room for like 10 minutes, wrote something, like, here, just stick it together. Like, oh, we'll say it was written with DeGarmo. Or it was an old riff, and they called him and said, hey, we got a use for, we got a use for that riff. You want to come back and replay it? Yeah. I'm betting you that's what it was. Ugh. I wonder if they still R- talk. Ricky, Ricky Andrew said it's called Justified. Justified. Let's find that. Ugh. I gotta, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> God, I, just, just the opening. If I remember it correctly, with just, like the opening riff, it's just a riff, and I'm like, what in the crap is that? There it is. Just terrible. Here we go. Yeah. 
probably wrote it when he was touring with Jerry Cantrell. I was going to say. Because remember, he was the touring guitarist yeah. for Cantrell. Yeah. I saw that show. They opened for Metallica. That fucking sounds like Queen's yeah. Reich and Chains. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I, That was a good show. It was, um, well, the Jerry Cantrell part was. Yeah. The Metallica part was definitely not. It was Tantric was the opener. Ugh. And then Jerry Cantrell on Boggy Depot, which was definitely good. The um, second one, okay. No, the first one. The first one. Boggy Depot. The second one was... I thought the second one, I no, thought the second second one was Boggy the, Depot. No, the first one's Boggy Depot. The second one was something about pain. Um, let me see here. Jerry Cantrell. Oh. I, I never heard it. I just am aware of it from you know my knowledge of Alice Degradation Trip. And it has the picture of the severed arm on the cover. Okay. That's the second right. one. The first one was Boggy Depot that had the song, I Cut You In. With I've the never horns, heard any of it. With the horns and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's House of Chains with horns. Again, probably from working with yeah. DeGarmo. Right. <laughs> Dude. You, you never heard Cut You In? No. Here, let's let's play a little of that. I know we're all over I, the map. I, Who cares? I, I got I to tell you that horn story, by the way. Though. All right, we will. House and chains with horns. This sounds good, right? Charles of Flies ish. Yeah, it's very Alice and Chains ish. Well, it'll change in a minute. Now, if you like Alice in Chains, you're into this part, right? You're like, all right. It's all right. I guess. Not horrible. Here it is. I cut you in. That's a horn. No, it's not. It's a slide guitar. Is it? Oh yeah! All right. Believe me, I just saw live saxophone two nights ago. So, well, since we were talking about Queensrÿche, let's swing back to Queensrÿche. (laughs) You, you obviously did go and see um, Jeff Tate. Tate. Yep. And now, what is he doing? Empire and Rage, or Empire? Yeah, he he, he comes out. The first set is Rage for Order. All right. And then he takes like a fifteen twenty minute break, and then they do uh, Empire. Right. Now we kind of got screwed on the encore. Why? What happened? Supposedly at the other shows he does two encores. He does that uh, last night in Paris. Yeah, it's like the B side from Love Empire. It. Last night in Paris. Yeah, I'm not really. A, it's 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 cool, but it's okay. But I was excited because the second one obviously is supposed to be Eyes of a Stranger. Right. So you know they do the you know last night in Paris, and they're like, all right, see you later, and we're like. God damn it! Like, where's Eyes of a Stranger? <laughs> nice. So, but um, yeah. It, so, like, real quick, the, the horn story, and then I'll you know right, kind of brief review the show. But yeah. yeah, he, you know, my but I went with Joe, my buddy Joe, and he had said that you know he that Jeff Tate played saxophone. I was like, right. he said on the thin line. I'm like, so what's he gonna do? Like, just go like honk honk, like because there's like two <laughs> notes in the song, right? So sure enough, the song starts, and he comes out with this goddamn saxophone. He's, like, wearing it for the whole song. <laughs> and, like, dancing with it. Yeah, he's, like, singing. <laughs> and sure enough... Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Before you go further, for all of our Jeff Tate fans, he was indeed wearing the smoking jacket oh, as yeah. well while carrying the saxophone. Yeah, he had, like, he had, <laughs> he had like the suit vest, and then he had, like, the, 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 the jacket on. Right. <laughs> but 
yeah, so he comes out and he's, you know, he's singing the song with this saxophone strapped on him. Right. And sure enough, we were laughing before. I was like, ah, what's he going to do, honk, honk? Like, we're laughing, like, right. you know, just making a joke. Well, sure enough, he comes out, he's like, I walk the thin line for you. Honk, honk, oh. dude. I'm like, what is the point of that? And I mean, at the end, he did a little sax solo during right. the breakdown at the end. But literally, the whole rest of the song was just honk, honk in the middle of the chorus. <laughs> and, and at that point, you might as well just give him a bicycle horn. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it was two fucking notes. And I was like, man, you have like, you got the tracks for like the key parts and everything yeah. and the little sound effects. Like, just put the damn horn on there. Right. Like, and if you want to do a sax solo, just bring it out at the end over the gym. Don't wear the thing, the whole song, and do two honks on it. Like, <laughs> I was like, what is that about? Right. But, oh. I mean, other than that... Yeah, I, I, the show I heard, was really good. I heard he didn't sound anything like he did in the past. Yeah, it was much better. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> no, I, I mean, like in the classic days. Oh I, well, I heard that. I heard from people that weren't there that he he didn't sound good. <laughs> well, oh yeah, that was that was online. Yeah, people telling me no fucking way he hit the notes. I'm like, dude, I was there. He yeah. hit the notes. I mean, it was he he hit most of the high notes, right? And but it sounded like. You know, he didn't have the power or the volume. Right. So it'd be, it'd be like it'd be like if he went off the mic like this and then came back, you know. Right. So it sounded like that, but it was it was real damn close. Right. There he is with the saxophone. Yeah, that's that's what it, I, I wonder if that's the first honk or the second honk. <laughs> <laughs> so. All he needs is a yachting cap. I know. What is up with that jacket? <laughs> it's I, that might be our show because that looks very familiar. That might actually be the show I was just at. <laughs> I'll say this. That jacket, there, I don't think there is a more unmetal piece of clothing ever at a show than that jacket. Yeah, it was not. Wow. But, I mean, you know, knowing how he is now, you expect that at this point. Yeah. That's but, definitely what you expect somebody to be, you know, on a chaise lounge with yes. a bottle of Insania. Yes. Just sitting around listening to whatever, <laughs> Beethoven or something. <laughs> right. I mean, that that's really what he looked like. But, I mean, surprisingly, it was, it was, it was really good. And, you know... Like I was telling you off air, yeah. oh, tons of people that were leaving were saying, holy crap, I didn't think he would sound that good. So I think people were kind of expecting just kind of him to hack his way through it. Right. And he really didn't. So it, it was it was, it was was great. Yeah. And he, he certainly, I, I give him this, he tours very intelligently because mm-hmm. his, he had an opening band and two of the guys in the opening band were his roadies. Okay. So he saves money there. Right. Uh, he used... Um, an electronic drum kit, which was my one complaint. Right. But they also used like like modeling amps, which is basically like a computer instead of an amp for mm-hmm. you know. And they had the exact guitar sound from Empire dialed in. Right. So it sounded just like the record, which was really cool. But it, they also don't have those giant amps on stage, so it's okay. kind of like blasting you with stage volume. So it was real controlled. It sounded perfect. Right. Um. But it all it also to set those things up is so much easier because you literally just run a cable out of the back of the damn thing into the soundboard. Right. So I mean he really I mean he cut corners, but it was in a smart way, so I mean he props to the guy for doing that. Sure. So And give and delivering a good show. If you're a quick yeah. track fan from what from what you're saying, it was a great show. Yeah, I was I was impressed. I was like, Wow, he sounds better than we thought. You know, I mean he 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 tuned down a half step on a couple songs. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think it was every song, but you know he. Well, you know what though? He's what sixty years so he, old. He actually said he's sixty one. He, he was talking so, between songs. So he's sixty one years old, 
And let's just be honest. Those first couple of records, the EP and Rage and uh, oh, Warning yeah. and stuff, his voice was not human. Yeah. At that le- at that era of the band, I mean, he he came down to earth with Mind Crime. I mean, he still hits high notes, but not nearly yeah. with the frequency of the first two, three, you know, or, four, three yeah. or four records. You know, I mean, those records are... No one could sustain that. Yeah. The fact that he still sounds pretty good, and given the fact... Let, let you know. I, I think it's lost on Jeff Tate because he's so easy to rag on. Yeah, he he. You know, some of the shit that he says in interviews and whatnot makes him extremely easy to beat up. An easy target. Yeah, you know. But for a guy that sounded like that and toured like they did, to still sound even pretty good is amazing. Yeah, because Queensrÿche and I'm. You may remember this. You might have been a little young to remember the beginning of their career. Yeah. Man, they were road dogs for years. I, I And honestly, I don't know that they ever... I don't think that they really stopped being road dogs until the, um, until the breakup, really. I mean, they were always... I, I've probably seen Queensryche 20-some-odd times. Right. And... Probably ten of them in the early days was always opening for somebody else, whether yeah. it was Metallica or or whoever else it was. I saw them open for Faith No More once. Saw them open for Faith No More when Faith No More was at their absolute height, and yeah. it was before Mind Crime had exploded. Yeah, so they opened for Faith No More at one point. Yep. <clears throat> you know, I mean, they they were perennial two hundred and fifty date band a year Uh for most of their career i mean dude how many times how many times have you seen them honestly i've seen them more with latori have you yeah and 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 you know what the first time i saw them the only time i went to see them they opened for dream theater they were like main support for dream theater and that's why i saw them because at that point, like when they were putting out all the crap records, right. I was like, I don't want to listen to that garbage live. Like, right. if you tell me they're doing all the old stuff, I'll I'll pay sure. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why now when they come with Latori, I absolutely sure. will not miss them because that show is phenomenal. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it a few months ago. Yeah, maybe six months ago. That, it was dude's great. Like, that dude's like no perfect <clears throat> to the original records. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I want to see those songs, but I don't want to see all the, you know, when Tate yeah. was in the band, he insisted on playing yeah. that new garbage. Yeah, nobody wants to hear American Soldier. Yeah, <laughs> my crime, too. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to hear those songs. Everybody wants to hear, you know, Take Hold the Flame and um, yeah. Empire. Walk in the Shadows. Walk yeah. in the Shadows. I Don't Believe in Love. You know, yep. basically, mind crime, half of Rage for Order. Half of Empire. Yeah. <laughs> if you do that, if you do that every night, you're yeah. good. Uh-huh. You're, you know, that that's pretty much all that you need to do. To, yeah. You know, all those, no one wants to hear anything from Q2K or Tribe yep. or American Soldier or Frequency Unknown or, you know, any of those albums. Um, What was the one with um, Hotspot Junkie? Um, Dedicated oh, to Chaos. Yeah, that was the last one. Yeah. Dedicated to Chaos. Ugh. I mean, dude, it's, I mean... It, all you need to know about those records is the fact that even Tate isn't doing that. Like, what's he been doing the last, like, three years? Just revisiting the old stuff that people want to hear. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not out there. He's not out there doing all that crap. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing his solo stuff. 
and and he's doing like Operation Mindcrime in right. its entirety, Rage in its entirety, Empire, because people don't want to hear that other garbage. Nah. Well, I I honestly think the breakup humbled him. You I th- think so. I do. I think, I think you know he made a, a shitload of money when he left. You know he sold them the rights to ple- to being Queensrÿche, and he doesn't advertise anything of Queensrÿche anymore. But he at the same time. You know, doesn't tour. He can't even say the, you know, I think he could say the the former voice of Queensryche or something. But, you know, and he tried to make it go with Operation Mindcrime, thinking that people would would relate it it and get it and go. And it didn't work. And, you know, he was playing the Kent stage. Yeah. You know, he wasn't playing the same size venues as Queensryche was playing. Even the new Queensryche, he wasn't playing it. He doesn't play as big of a... Where'd you see him? Beachland Beach Ballroom? Ballroom. What's that hold? 800 people? With all three rooms, I saw I saw a sign on the wall that said the capacity with all three rooms is 600. Okay, so he played for what, about 400 people the other night? Yeah, probably. Which is not bad, but it's, you know, it's definitely... It's not, it's not you know, 1,500 yeah. at the MGM. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not that, that caliber. He's, yeah. I think he got humbled in a hurry. I think he just assumed since he was the, the guy... And he really was the guy. If you think about it, no one else even did interviews for years. Yeah. I mean, did you ever hear a, a whip interview before Latori? I mean, it was just, it's literally, if you if you see videos of them doing interviews, it's him and DeGarmo. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was maybe DeGarmo. Well, dude, I've interviewed Tate all the way back to 90... Whenever it was that we got in trouble <laughs> when, 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 with the the band managers and um, lawyers, the lawyers when you yeah. put them back together, quote unquote. Yeah, when we when well they thanked us. Yeah, they did thank us for that. But um, that was ninety seven, maybe. And I had interviewed him once or twice before that. Okay. And I've interviewed, I've interviewed t- somebody from Queensrÿche on every Queensrÿche record since that point. Okay. And every single time until he left the band, I interviewed Jeff. And it was and it wasn't like it was a choice, like I chose to interview Jeff. It was just when it came down to doing interviews, Jeff was the guy that they offered. Yeah. Cuz he was the guy. You know, when we did the I don't know if you remember it or not, but we did the thing where I brought Jeff to the 92 studio. Do oh you, yeah, I met him. I, yeah, I got a yeah. picture with him that yeah. night. Yeah. When I picked him up at the airport, uh-huh. and I, all the guys were there, it was weird. It was, dude. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. We'll get back to the review. But yeah. we're rambling anyway. So, <laughs> so we went to. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to bring Jeff to the show live. He was playing on Monday night at some place in Akron, the Akron Civic or wherever Queensrÿche was. Yeah. And they were flying in Sunday, and I had just thrown an email to Susan saying, hey, you know, we would love to do a takeover show with Jeff. They have a brand new record that was coming out, and we had said with the band, but, you know, we ended up with Jeff. Yeah. And we let Jeff pick all the songs, and so Jeff picks all the songs, and we get a list back, and we get all the songs ready, and you know, together for Jeff to, you know, for for the show. And we just thought, okay, that'll be fun. So 
I get another message or a phone call or something from Susan, and she says, we have a slight snag. We don't have a way. You know, they're they're playing in Akron. The hotel's in Akron. You guys are obviously in Cleveland, which is, what, 25 miles away, 30 miles yeah. away, whatever it is. Can you get Jeff from the airport and take him to to the hotel after? And we're like, yeah, of course we can do that. Yeah. No problem. So... So, you know, it turned into a thing. And we were picking Jeff up at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And our show started at what, nine, 9. So, you know, we had four hours to kill. So, word got around. And my my friend Jeff, not Jeff Tate, but my friend yeah. Jeff, is arguably the biggest Queensryche fan of all time. <laughs> so... And, and where this plays in was he had one of those, you know, he has kids and stuff. So he had one of those deluxe minivans okay. with the extra row of yeah of seats. So since I knew he was a big Queensryche fan and all I had was whatever shit bar car I was driving at the time, <laughs> whatever bag of shit I was in at the time, <laughs> I said to my friend Jeff, I said, hey... I know, you know, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to be picking up Jeff Tate at the airport. Would you like to drive? And then, you know, you can take some pictures with Jeff or get an autograph or or whatever, and I'll let you hang out and hang in the studio for the metal show. And he was like, yeah, dude, oh, oh you know, be yeah. the greatest time of my life, you know, blah, blah, <laughs> sure. blah. So, so I, we, we make a plan. I decide, to, I, I talk to my friend Jeff, he turns it into a whole day. It's like a big, he turns it into a party at his house. The picking up Jeff Tate party. Right. Literally. And I, he invites me, I go to his house at noon and he's barbecuing and shit. <laughs> because he's all, it, it's, it's an event. To, Jeff because, Tate's going to be in my minivan, dude. Yeah, exactly. And, and so we go, we go over and, you know, we're partying a little bit and then it gets to be time. When it gets to be time, he's invited his wife and his two friends to go as well. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, no. But I didn't stomp on it like I normally would do. Because I really didn't need to say, well, dude, you can't bring your friends and then have it be like, well, then you don't have a ride. I really didn't have a lot of leverage on that one. So I just was like, okay, cool. You know, I was like, they can come, but they better fucking behave. Yeah. You know, and they did. To be fair, they did. No, no stupidness or nothing. But we show up to the airport. All the guys are hanging out outside. All the Queensright guys. No one recognizes them but me. You know, and, 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 and my one friend was recognized Jeff, of course. Yeah. Because Jeff is a pretty distinct looking fella. Yeah. So we roll up. We say hey to, to the people, to the guys, whatever. Jeff gets in. He gets in and he looks. He's like, the fuck is this? You know, because he, he just expected me and one guy. Yeah. And there's like six people in the truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we go to the show. These guys are paranoid about Jeff being, we, we went to the 92, this was at 92. Yeah. I think it was at 92. It was. It was. Over on Huron, yeah. Yeah. And um, so we're we're inside waiting, and they are standing stiff and still on the sidewall, and 
and I'm in there, and and Wardlaw's in there, and we're you know you know us. We're yeah, like, I was I was in there too. Yeah, yeah. you were in there too. Yeah, we're all relaxed. Me and me and Matt are relaxed because we've done this a million times. Yeah. So we're like, hey man, how was your flight? You know, where are you coming from? You know, how's the show? Let you know, just small talk bullshit. Yeah. Jeff looks over and sees those those guys standing at the wall on the wall, and just looks at me and goes. Are you guys gonna gawk at me all night? Or are you just gonna, or, or are you gonna loosen up? It's a yeah. fucking metal show. Yep, I remember. I remember him <laughs> dropping the hammer on them, <laughs> and they they were like, "Oh, okay." And then it then it loosened up, but yeah. he literally was like, "It's a fucking metal show." <laughs> <laughs> but but the, and then so so then we were getting the songs together with Jeff, and we had this list of like fifteen songs that Susan had sent us. And and we we said to Jeff, we said, well, why don't you help us put these in the order, you know, the way that you want them to play, and that way, you know, we can talk about, you know, whatever you want to talk about. So was, that, it, was it all Queens records? No, no, stuff? no. It was like it was anything but Queens Rike. It was okay. Black Sabbath and Dio and um, you know all this Judas okay. Priest, etc. So Jeff looks at this list and he goes, "Who gave you guys this list?" And I said, well, Susan did. She said she got it from you. And she, he's like, I don't like any of these fucking songs. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, shit. You know, so we pulled like half the songs out. And Matt, thank God for Matt. Matt had like a book of stuff. And Matt, and Jeff went through and picked out songs that he liked. And he left enough of the songs so that we could end segments. And come out and say, well, you know, that was Judas Priest with, uh, you know, Defenders of the Faith. And speaking of Priest, didn't you tour with them on that tour, yeah. Jeff? And then we could lead into something and and go with it. And he was cool about it. But it was just so funny that I, I had personally worked with Susan on getting the getting the list together. And she told me that it came from Jeff. And Jeff was like, I don't like any of these fucking songs. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome but yeah but then it, then it was he was great and then we you know he signed everybody's everything and i don't remember if he took pictures or if that was before pictures i don't know he took pictures at the end because i i specifically yeah. stayed out of the way i was just watching yeah and then at the end i was like hey would it, would you mind if i got a picture and it was cool to me because i wasn't like sitting there gawking at me. right kind of hanging out with you guys like right you know, i didn't want to say anything because i you know you know me <laughs> I'll, I'll accidentally fanboy right so i was like i'll just sit here you know so i've like kind of small talked with him for here and there and then at the end i was like hey you know before i go do you mind if i got a picture with you and he was real cool because yeah. i wasn't the weird guy yeah exactly <laughs> so. but then but then we ended up going to akron with them so take him to the hotel in akron and i went to drop him off and he was like what are you guys doing now and we're like well we're gonna drive back to cleveland he's like well why don't you come to the bar is the bar open here in the hotel let's have a drink so we went to the bar and had a had a couple of drinks and <laughs> you know before long ran into um i think mike stone might have been in the band at the time oh god yeah maybe and i ran into it was either him or parker it was one of them guys that i ran into it god, wasn't like mike stone what an idiot wasn't like the original guys it was some yeah. somebody else and i started talking to him next thing i know i'm upstairs partying right <laughs> I, i'm upstairs partying and my cell phone rings and it's my friend jeff and he's like hey where are you are we leaving you here or what yeah because i guess tate had gone and went to his room yeah and those guys didn't know where i was 
and I was up partying with the Queen Fry guys. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, we'll, we'll, um, I guess I got to go. Yeah. You know? And then we went back and then, but it, it was a fun night. It was definitely a fun time. And, you know, it's such a weird thing for me that I have, you know, I say it all the time on the show. That's my normal. Yeah. That's what happens with me. You know, and I mean, you've been around me enough to see that it does just sort of happen. How many times have we gone to shows and nothing is supposed to happen? And something but happens. But something happens. Yeah. You know, it just sort of follows me in that way. You know, dude, even like the, not this Jeff Tate show, but the one that me, you, Scotty. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the acoustic. acoustic one. Yeah. We ended up, we didn't get enough passes. And I gave you and Scotty the passes because you guys were interested in it. And me, I was like, whatever. You just wanted to hang out with Miranda. And that was what I did. I I was like, all right, I can go get my picture taken with Jeff Tate. I can hang out with Hottie with the big boobs. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I stayed there with Miranda, took pictures with Miranda. Yep. (laughs) And And I got my picture taken with Jeff, and I was happy as a pig in shit. Yeah, you were. Scotty was. Everybody was happy. That was a great picture, man. But it was was such a weird thing because I was sitting at the table after all the meet and greet people had bought their shirts and whatever and gone in. I just sat there shooting the shit with Miranda for 45 minutes. Right. You know, and she was cool as fuck. And that was a cooler moment to me than it would have been to go in and yeah. and take a photo with a guy that I've interviewed umpteen times, yeah. 25 times, you know. I I mean, I've had the chance to ask him anything I want. You know, there was no there was no excitement to me to go back and meet him. Yeah. But it's one it's still one of my more favorite memories because you guys were fucking pumped. Yeah. You guys were pumped to meet Jeff and or meet him again or whatever yeah and, and i was pretty pumped up to be yep. hitting on the girl with the hot with the hot <laughs> big tits see that shit doesn't really happen to me like i've i ran into mike portnoy when i was out in uh, uh new york city for the dream theater recording score in 2006 with wardlaw right and he was just out on the street and he, he kind of snotted off to me which was pretty funny <laughs> you know because he was he came out a side door he was by the side door to radio city because the show was right. in radio city and they were kind of they were doing like some last minute sound checking type stuff mm-hmm. like several hours before the show and i ran over there and i wanted to get an autograph from him and i was the last one and i so i was like hey man would, would you sign my jersey I, I had the train of thought hockey jersey okay and he's like yeah He's like, you know, you're the last one. I got to get back in there. And as he's signing it, uh, right. there, there's, there there's it is. There's me and Miranda. Dude, you know what? The, her, her boobs right now are easily like a cup size and a half bigger right now. Really? She got dude, new tits? Dude, you should have seen those things the other night. But, dude, look at that shirt I'm wearing. I got to dig that one out. It's my Iron Maiden Indian shirt. That shirt is great. I remember that shirt. That's a badass shirt. Oh, my God. But no, so. I mean, so no beard. He's, Holy fuck. I know. So he's, he's signing my shirt, and I said. I said, man, it's it's weird seeing you here, you know. Meaning, like I I thought you would be inside doing something. Yeah. And he stops and he looks at me and he goes, "Well, how the hell else am I supposed to get in the building?" <laughs> and I wanted to be like, "Fuck you, Mike Portnoy." That's yeah. not what I meant. But 